Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Give it to me! Give it to me! Hello, everyone. I'm Molly Wood. And I'm Tom Merritt. And welcome to your big game pre-show. Bump up it Are you ready for some things? Yeah, indeed. We're actually recording this uh, right before the Super Bowl airs, folks. Uh, That's so right. The folks in our Discord who are patrons who are listening are getting the best pregame show, I think, that is out there. I think that is unquestionably true. It's I'm the throwing us podcast. up against the Puppy Bowl. Oh, yeah. Come on. Like, the Puppy Bowl... It sounds like it's going to be so great, but let's be honest, it's boring. I mean, 20 years ago, it was cool, but whatever. Babies don't know how to play football. That's just is what it is. (laughs) Yes, it is the weekly podcast supported by you where we don't care what the commercials have to say. We already know what's cool. My God, I've been watching The Magicians lately. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've been catching up. It was a very Margot read right then. Really? Yeah. Okay, which one's that? Margot is the uh, the one who's kind of sassy and is best friends with the gay guy. Okay, got it. So yep. you're early. I've only watched like most of season one. Yeah. She, oh, no, you, you should know her. So I got her. Okay, yeah. got it. Yeah, I kind of just, I wandered off on that show. I, I may come back. I, I wandered off after season three and then I, I just wandered back in. It was totally worth wandering back in. So, you know, if you have the time. Okay. Wander on. Wander on. That's not even a thing. That's just stuff that I've been that doing. Was just, that was just a bonus. That's just a his thing. Uh, it does relate to my first thing, though. Uh, okay. Because I, I caught up on season four of Magicians on Netflix. And I don't know about you, but there are, uh, there are negotiations in my household over which uh-huh. profile gets the view credit on certain shows. What? This sounds like some industry knowledge that I am not privy to. Why does that matter? No, it's not industry knowledge. Um, it's uh, what's going to get recommended in your Netflix profile oh, concern. I see. So, so you don't uh, want to skew it. Like you don't want somebody right. coming in. Oh, so when okay. we watched The Crown, for instance, recently, uh, The Crown was watched on Eileen's profile, which means that she got... It knows that she has watched The Crown. Whereas when I log into my Netflix profile, it keeps going, you should watch The Crown. And I'm like, totally did. You just don't know that profile. So I have taken to letting Netflix play when I'm not in the room, just so I get the episodes counting on my profile. (laughs) Okay. This is actually more, less of a thing and more of a thing poll. Dear Mm -hmm. friends, listeners, and supporters of the show, do you or do you not do anything like this in your household? Please email us immediately. Feedback at it's a thing dot me. Even, even if you don't do this, even if, even if you don't go to the great extent that I have gone to. And by the way, Eileen has done the same thing on <laughs> shows that we've watched on my profile. Yeah, uh, it's because you guys belong together. Uh, yeah, totally. Uh, but even if you don't, is it a thing that bothers you where you're like, oh, yeah, I hate that because I watch it on such, a, you know, my wife's profile or my kid's profile and then I don't have credit on mine yeah. because the evidence I have that this might be a thing is that HBO Max 
was touting that in their upcoming streaming service launching in April, they will have the ability for you to credit multiple profiles when you watch a show. Like that's oh a feature they're touting. Wow. Credit multiple. Uh, you know, this might just be a language thing, but that's hysterical. And I mean, this is my language. I'm sure they said it in much more understandable language, but they're basically saying like, you can, you can tell it which people are watching. So you right. all have it marked as watched on your profile. I mean, I gotta say, yes. Like I do validate the part where you don't want your recommendations to be screwed up. And more importantly, you want it to know where you left off. And mm -hmm. my child is actually very disciplined about like which profile were we watching it on and making mm -hmm. sure that we go to the right one. And when we do accidentally watch some, we've been watching Letter Kenny, this Canadian oh, show yeah. that is yeah, yeah. amazing. Uh huh. It's just as a side note recommendation. It's like Shakespeare, but kind of comedy, but right. Canadian. It is crazy. What are, it's but the farmers, the hockey players, and the Hicks, the, the Hicks, the Skids, and the hockey players. The, the Hicks, Skids, right. hockey players, and Christians. And the Christians, right. Of course. No, they're four. These are their stories. Oh, my God. It isn't. That show is incredible. But yes, we have had to like, we've had to switch. I mean, okay, you're right. Now that I'm talking about it, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is a thing I do every day. We've had to switch profiles mm -hmm. to make sure that the right episode gets. Oh, God. You're right. It's a thing. But wait. Leaving it playing when you're not in the room. No, no. My yes, my extreme resolution to it level. may not be the thing, but having frustration around the profiles is definitely, definitely. Dude, that really is, huh? Okay. And HBO is gonna somehow fix that. HBO Max, <laughs> which I don't even want to go into. How frankly. is that different from now and <laughs> go? Whole situation. HBO oh, Max God. is a streaming service coming out in April from Time Warner. That will include more than just HBO. It'll have a bunch of back catalog stuff that Warner owns. It'll have originals that are made just for HBO Max, not HBO, but it will also have everything from HBO and it'll cost the same as just getting HBO. Wow. Okay. But I but don't know. it will Go have this cool feature that'll be like, oh Yeah. And when they were when they did their investors, you know, uh, dog and pony show to show off all the features, one of them was like, and you know, if you have multiple profiles and you're watching a show, you can tell it which of those profiles are watching. So everybody knows that those people have seen it. Oh okay, that's actually pretty cool. Yeah. So you could you could market red, so to speak. Yeah. Across multiple profiles. Right clever because yes it is true that if you watch together and then you're alone and you want to fire it up wow uh, also is this not like the most absurd discussion of the modern condition <laughs> <laughs> totally is i hate it when we watch an episode of letter kenny together but then i want to go back I mean, and i'm my looking at my profile and it doesn't show to watch and i can't remember was it episode five or episode six and then i start episode five but then I can't watch it on eli's profile because he'll get mad because it'll right, mean i watch someone seen without it, right? him because yeah. he hasn't seen that one it'll screw up his order yeah. <laughs> Hello. We are the podcast. Oh, privilege. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I don't know if your thing is privileged or not. It, I mean, well, one of them is, but I'm going to start at the top because, again, this is like it's a large thing, but I think it's reaching peak thing. And that thing is succulents. Oh, and I have been succulented into this myself. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm right in there. So it's funny because I've been thinking, man, succulents are a thing. Everybody's talking about them. They have them at Trader Joe's. Like, granted, and this could be a bubble thing, and so I would like it to be validated because mm -hmm. Northern California sure. is basically succulent ground zero. 
for, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, I mean, you probably do, but I mean the plants. I'm talking about the like little sort of cactusy variant, like there are a million varieties of plants and they're, they're popular because they're drought resistant. They're super easy to grow. You can grow them inside and outside. They're, you know, they're just like, they're the, they're the ultimate plant, which they're I assume is They're not impossible to kill, but they're hard to kill and they look cool. They look cool. And there are tons of different varieties and colors and some have flowers and some don't. I mean, they're like, they're great. And I didn't know when I moved here that they were such a special California thing, right? Like the succulents are like the sort of platonic ideal of Northern California plantings. Botanical gardens are filled with them. But I think they're beca- they're really becoming a bigger deal elsewhere for a couple of reasons. One is that they're drought resistant. And so as we're more and more worried about water, that's a good thing. Evidently, they also are super good at sequestering carbon mm. without using mm-hmm. a lot of water, which okay. I didn't know. Yeah. Um, and because, and I think it's just like offshoot of plant culture, right? Like so much decorator culture now involves plants and house plants that succulents are easy to keep alive. And right. so this is why I think they are starting to become a bigger and bigger deal. But, uh, oh, oh, and in fact, <laughs> at Porter points out, pointed, uh, posted a story in our Discord. If you're a supporter of the show on Patreon, by the way, you can connect your Discord and join us live during the recording. Uh, there's a Washington Post story from June 2019 about how a bunch of uh succulents are vanishing from state parks because there is an international black market for them. Yeah. Cacti- it happens to cactus too in Arizona. Wow. Like the, 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 you know, the big classic roadrunner and wily coyote style cactus, the barrel. Cactus. Oh yeah. yeah. Which are so old and amazing. Yeah. They have to watch out for those. So it doesn't surprise me that's happened into succulents. That sucks. Ha. I mean, uh, but, uh, but you're never, you're never going to stop. But it, I had noticed the other thing that made me think it was a thing is that I've noticed them, well, okay, two things happened. One, I joined a um, a succulent subreddit because Operation Crazy Plant Lady went a little too awry. A suck reddit, okay. <laughs> this is my new favorite episode of all time. <laughs> like, Tom is just like, release the pun, Kraken. <laughs> just do it. Um, and I noticed people talking about certain succulents that were like very hard to find, like, Oh, I finally found the blue Echeveria or I had to get this on Etsy or whatever. And I went out and I looked on like my mat, you know, random collection of succulents on the porch, most of which I found as cuttings in the neighborhood. Cause people were just like, here, take these. And I realized like, Oh, I have all of those, all the ones that they're talking about on Reddit that they can't find or that they, and so I was like, Oh, okay. These are becoming a big deal outside of just my little house. Yeah. I uh I just put in a succulent garden. And also then Tom <laughs> confirmed the sheer thingitude by putting in a succulent garden. What? I uh I I I got on the succulent train when we moved into this house and my friend Brett sent us in the mail a bunch of succulents as a housewarming present. Which is really nice, but I'm like I don't know what to do with these coincidentally there were a bunch of empty pots in front of the house that had been left here by the previous owners so i just put the succulents in the pots and like well let's see which ones survive they all survived for more than a year and i've been thinking like you know what i should take out some of this grass replace it with something drought tolerant i've got these succulents 
I'm in Los Angeles, which isn't exactly as perfect as Northern California, but it's pretty close. We get a little mm-hmm. too much sun for succulents, but if you have them in like part of your house that is shady part of the day, then they work great, which is exactly yeah. where I put them. Uh, mixed, uh, mixed some sand, got some, uh, got some info from the local nursery, went get some builder's sand, mixed it in the soil, put in some gravel, boom, succulent garden out there in the uh, front of the house. So I'm, I'm, I didn't know it was a thing. Because I was inside of the thing. Yep. You are literally living the thing. (laughs) You are the thing. Ever since I put in the succulent garden, I've been noticing them everywhere. Like freaking Ralph's grocery store, you know, the big supermarket has succulents outside for sale. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Totally. And I really, I, that is definitely an increase. I mean, I have always known that they were part of the Bay Area landscape, but now exactly like every store has some big display of succulents for sale. And and it is really funny because literally everything in the Bay Area can be turned into a succulent planter. In fact, I planted a succulent in uh, one of those A's plastic helmets that oh, you buy yeah. the nachos in at the baseball game. Right, right. <laughs> Looks great. Looks great. Great succulent planter. Yeah, because they, 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 if they're in too much sun, they won't grow well and they're kind of blanch, is what the nursery guy told me. Right. He's like, you know, they won't necessarily even die. Uh, but, but they will, you know, and too much water can make the roots rot. But if you've got, you know, if you've got a nice mix, like basically Northern California, right. You know, mm-hmm. sun, sometimes fog, sometimes a little dry, sometimes, uh, they do, they do well and they don't need a lot of water. Yeah, no, they love it. There's one kind that I bought and now I can't remember, or I didn't, I got it as a housewarming present and I looked it up. I'll try to remember the name of it. Cause it's the reason that I joined the subreddit to be like, what is this plant? And it is the only succulent I have that's basically like, I would like all the sun, please. And then mm-hmm. some, it's like a tomato. See, I don't even know what succulents I have. Right. I'm just like, there they are. They're still growing a year and a half I, later. I'm putting them I, in the ground. I'm trying to figure it out. <laughs> they're just like, I went on next door and I was like, what is this? That's the pretty one. That's the one that looks like uh, an aloe. And that's the one that looks right. like a rose. And yeah, I have one that's like an ivy. And now I know what the Echeveria is because the Reddit people were so excited about it. And I was like, oh, should I mail you one? Like, do you, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, look, look, now look around your yards, your neighbor's yards, which mm. may or may not be covered in snow. But I'm telling you, it's a thing. Yeah, when I when I was looking up uh, a little bit of uh, of information on on how to do it right, all the articles were for people in the Midwest, and I was like, mm-hmm. no, I live where they're fine. Like, you know, I don't need to figure out what to do with my succulents during the snow. Um, and, yep. and that's another indication that this has become a huge nationwide thing. I think it really is. Yeah. All right, uh, going to the library is my next thing, and I've got Kay. I've got stats to back this one up. Okay, good. A Gallup poll found that the library was the most frequent cultural activity people in the United States did outside the home in 2019. What? Really? U.S. adults took an average of 10.5 trips to the library per year, about twice as frequent as the second most popular activity, going to a movie theater, which they did 5.3 times a year, seeing live sports, I'm assuming not high school, but seeing live sports 4.7 times a year. Wow, fascinating. Library visits outpaced trips to the movies. That is so interesting. Almost by twice. Almost by twice, yeah. Yeah. I was I am also astonished to see, by the way, and just like side note, good story for the other show that going to an amusement or theme park and visiting a zoo are basically like 
tanking. Least common <laughs> activities. Uh, also, huh. in the, on the library thing, women report visiting the library nearly twice as frequently as men do. 13.4 times a year to 7.5. Yeah. Interesting. I, I, I'm going to make a generalization and I apologize in advance, but it seems like, yeah, they're taking the kids. That's kind of what I think, right? Yeah. Like that, that would explain it like historical roles and kids. I'm not to even saying yeah, I mean, it could and, be like stay at home yeah. moms going to the library. Like it's a good free place to go. That's oh, I'm, you know what? I'm kind of, that gives me like a lot of hope for America. That's just actually pretty great. The other interesting thing is that generally high income households do more things outside the house, except when it comes to the library. Oh, so lower income people are more likely to go to the library. Cause yep. it's free. Yeah. Yep. Because free Wi-Fi, free books, good local support services, all of that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yay, the library. Yeah. I do do know a lot of people who go to the library, actually. And my mom has been getting audiobooks from the library. I I know so many people who, like, well, we do the Sword and Laser Book Club, Veronica and I still. And there's so many people who are like, I get the books from the library. It's the only way I could possibly keep up with all of the stuff you read and still afford it. Yeah. Absolutely. I love that. And libraries are actually way more digital oh, yeah. than I think people realize, too. I mean, you can get audiobooks. You can, like, reserve books online. There's yeah. a, my, my son took me there, and there's a whole, like, self-checkout system. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, good to know. Huh. Yeah. I, I use my uh, the L.A. Public Library's app uh, to, uh, to do audiobooks and e-books. You don't even have to go to the library to use it. This is really interesting as... A, a sort of social trend too, because I think like we're having a lot of conversations about what public spaces are going to look like because yeah. you don't really, nobody goes to like the mall anymore. Mm-hmm. And most people, you know, people are increasingly going to the grocery store less. I am generalizing based on urban areas, sure, but if you sure, assume that trend, yeah. you know, expands outward and self-driving cars happen and all of that, there is this question about like where, what community gathering spaces are going to look like, like, are they going to be parks or are they going to be, libraries well, and i almost wonder itself. yeah yeah because like west bay stars is saying in the discord our library has cooking classes a ping pong table and other community rooms i mean there's a there's a question of like should is that should there be a like a little fundraising drive based on the idea that that's where people will go to hang out when there's no more mall yeah hmm. no i like it libraries, i like it that's a really future. that's a really happy thing and that's why i love this show yeah um this next thing may be mostly my thing, but I think it's it's like one of those things that I think is really taken off. So I started getting a bunch of ads for the farmer's dog, dog food. Okay. It's like a, I mean, it just goes with, it's a subscription dog food service, right? And it's supposedly somewhat um, customized for your dog. Oh, so you like, like tell them what your dog's vital statistics are or something? Yeah, exactly. Like you go in and you're like, this is Reggie and he's kind of, you know, picky mm-hmm. and <laughs> small and this and that. Um, and then they send you these packets of food with a little feeding guide, like how much you're supposed to feed the dog. And, you know, they say it's like, this is their turkey recipe. And I don't know if the, the turkey changes for somebody else's dog versus my dog, but it looks like it. Like I'm actually looking at a review of it online and I'm like, Oh, your Turkey recipe has a bunch of carrot and mine has a bunch of corn. Huh. So these are, really these are, um, wet food looks like. Yeah. Like vacuum they're wet packed, food. Uh, wet food. Mm-hmm. Okay. Exactly. Vacuum packed wet food with that are low grain and a variety of meats. Like we get beef, pork and Turkey. And 
they send this big, huge package of these frozen packets. Uh huh. And you put, you know, you got to fill up your freezer with them and whatever. And then you get them and thaw them and feed them to the dog. And I have been delighted with it, but I've also been seeing it all over the place. Like, yes, it pops up on my Instagram all the time, but I keep seeing it on Twitter and I keep seeing like people mentioning it and it might be spreading from the Bay Area. But I have to say that of all of the like annoying subscription services that I've done that start to feel like the New Yorker, this one is the best. Like the food is really good. And it just seems to have like kind of nailed it. And I keep seeing all these really good reviews about it. And I just sort of feel like this is, I don't know. I don't know. I, I may be seeking validation for it as a thing, but I feel like I've heard of it a lot. Although you have not, and you are a dog owner. I have not, but Am I in the bubble. this looks exactly like a prescription food that I had to use for Ray, my German shepherd, mm-hmm. uh, when she was sick because it's vacuum packed. It's, Throw it in the freezer, but thought before you're ready to give it to them. Right, right. Um, and the prescription food is customized for whatever the ailment is, right? Mm, not yeah, exactly. not necessarily the dog, but like, oh, they're having this problem, you know, post-surgery or whatever. That's not what happened with mine, but mine had a stomach bug. Um, give them this. Uh, so this is basically saying, well, what if we took that same system and just did it all the time so that they're getting yeah. like well-balanced nutrition for them. I, like this high quality food. Yeah. I have to say it's freaking it amazing. Uh, it is about, uh, it's a lot. It's like $200 for a 60 day supply. I think. Okay. Of food. So, I mean, so two months worth. I mean, I'm using it for two dogs. I spent about 50 bucks on a bag a month for one dog. Cause right. they both so have different like, food. So this is about twice as expensive. About twice as expensive. <laughs> yeah. Oof. Boy, when you put it that way, I'm kind of embarrassed. It's about well, but a it's lot. also I'm getting dry food. This is wet wet food is always more expensive. So maybe I'm right. the horrible person for feeding my dog dry food. Not you're really not. Mine is just so freaking picky that I was yeah. like, I have to do something. But what I'm finding is that it's actually enough to feed two dogs. So at least I'm not paying like double. Oh, okay. Yeah. The, or maybe I'm paying quarterly. I want to look up the pricing, but I they I. They just start sending me a new shipment and they billed me about $200. So I'm assuming that's the 65 day ish. And and the idea is that they give the amounts in each packet are for one feeding. So you don't have to measure it all out. Right. Well, they say based on the dog size, right? So so it's like feed half a pack a day is -hmm. what it says on the actual package. Oh, and then I just split it up between the two dogs and stuff. Yeah. 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 It's a little like it's loosey goosey, but I've been pretty, I've been happy with it. And I've also been happy because it is, um, it's like a wet food, but it's not like a wet food. So you don't get the unfortunate side effect of wet food. Uh-huh. <laughs> because it's real food. It's got it's real food in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not yeah. just a can of Thanks. mush. But I don't mean this to be a recommendation. Like I really mm-hmm. do mm-hmm. feel like I've been seeing it pop up a lot. Like I think I saw a commercial on Hulu, which again could be targeting. Like sometimes it's confusing to tell if a thing is really a thing. Yeah. Or if it's a thing that's being so successfully targeted to me. Well, I think this I is know. this is where we tried it out. Like possible thing, thing alert. Right. Like, have you heard thing alert? Right. Possible thing alert. Have you heard of this? Yeah. If uh, so, tell me. Feedback at it's a thing dot me. Yeah. And I'm intrigued. This this part is a slight recommendation because one of the things we've talked about a lot on the show is packaging. Yeah. So, uh, cardboard box is recyclable. Right. 
cornstarch mm. packaging mm-hmm. that dissolves in water and dry ice that just that disappears. That just becomes, uh, yep. well, I mean, isn't like dry ice frozen little- carbon dioxide? Oh, good point. Okay, that's <laughs> it's not fair. that much, though. Honestly. That's fair. I mean, there definitely is like some more plastic than I wish there were. Yeah, but, but I do like I do like that the liner. At a certain point, you have to remember that if you were buying a big bag of dog food, you'd be throwing away a big plastic bag. That's <laughs> right. True. It's really so, big. Yeah, as long as you're as long as you're not it, like multiplying the amount of packaging. Right. That's helpful. Although these do come in plastic bags. Well, anyway, whatever. I, I don't know. There's at some point, I'm not even sure what to do, except for make my own, which isn't going to happen. Yeah. $50, $50 a week. Oh, $50 wow, a week. Wait, hmm. this is for their... Yeah, that makes sense. If okay. it's like about yeah. 200 Well, no. I don't know. Whatever. A lot. It's a $200 lot. $200 a month. Ooh, okay. My privilege is showing. It's a, no, <laughs> but it's not. Because I definitely get two months of food. In fact, it's starting to stack up in the fridge. I think for me, it's more like $100 a month. Uh-huh. And I suspect it could be for anybody. But yeah, it's a little Bay Area dog. You're right. <laughs> all right. All right. No, but it, I, I love the idea. I love the idea of, especially because Ray's kind of picky too, having food that is really targeted for her so that you mm-hmm. would be more likely to eat it. It would keep her nutritionally balanced. I wouldn't have to think about it. It just comes. Like I love, I love all that about it. It's all, I do it's really all in like the details, that. like the packaging I mean, it really, the cost, right? Exactly. Like, of course, the meta thing is just subscription and personalization, like the idea that it's somewhat personalized for your... Yeah. But yeah. I just, I also feel like this is a company that seems to have done it right. Hmm. I'm curious. Curious to hear your feedback, friends. And uh, speaking of your feedback, we get uh-huh. it and we love reading uh, all of it. And some of it we'll even pass along on the show when we have time. For instance, Joe had a quick thing spotting story. I was out at a college basketball game and saw in the crowd a young woman wearing a Huga sweatshirt. Woo-hoo! It was plain gray and just had the word across the chest, Huga. I thought Molly should know about this. I apologize <laughs> for any wallet-related consequences of this email. Yep, I'm already on uh, welcomegiftshop.dk. Oh, no. Where you just buy a bunch of gear that says Huga on it. What's it made of? Can you see? Uh, I mean, it is like, yeah, let's look. Let's like the see. sweatshirt has to be pretty comfy. It better be like one bajillion percent cotton. Yeah. Let's see. I know that's probably not a like normal the amount. Fuzziest cotton. 80% cotton, 20% polyester. So probably even softer than cotton. Okay. Because polyester yeah, is how right. you get that little fuzzy. You get that, that fuzz. Yeah. I got to say, Huga is like really trending right now for some reason. Eli, actually, he and his friend were looking up something on Urban Dictionary. God help me. <laughs> and he said that Huga was the top definition, like most search definition that that week or that day. Like he looked it up and he was like, oh, Huga is the top term right now. Wow. And then I have been looking into uh, prefab housing, which okay. has been like a years long obsession, like buy a piece of land and, and build a prefab a modular yeah. house. Yeah. And there's a brand new one called Huga Supply. That is a, <laughs> that's a prefab housing kit. I just imagine that just being a house that's entirely covered in like uh, the softest materials. Possible. Well, and of course, like all wood. Yeah. And just like the light bulb. Soft wood colors. Soft wood colors. Yeah, dude. Totally. <laughs> anyway, Huga is peaking. You're totally right. And I'm, I'm probably going to call it. Subjects. Called it. Uh, let's see. Uh, Ungoy Pinoy wrote back again about fashion. Uh, and this time, Carhartt. 
He said, Carhartt is literally close to my heart. The headquarters are just outside the Motor City. Also, the granddaughter of Hamilton Carhartt owns a string of aspirational shops and cafes near my home. I bet they sell succulents there. I'm just saying. Carhartt's uh, Carhartt's clothing's mass appeal is multifaceted, writes Ongoy Pinoy. At face value, the workwear is affordable, practicable, durable, and aesthetically stark. The iconography of hardworking men and women in simple silhouettes is timeless. I love these emails. Like, these are so great. Clothes made with thin material or extraneous decorations and notions can pose a safety risk on the job. True. Carhartt as counterculture started in the 80s as a salvo against blue denim. The anonymizing plain jackets made the brand popular amongst a criminal element on the streets and in turn enjoyed fame from the hip-hop scene. At the same time, Carhartt partnered with the European company Work in Progress and the two worked together in the 90s, creating clothing that appealed to niche creative subcultures. He goes on to the... uh, uh, with the history of Carhartt and how it ended up like in skater and street clothes fashion. And he says, my current working theory is that American hipsters are discovering what overseas hipsters are wearing and then coming back to the U S to stand a heritage brand. For example, some of the ones we've mentioned on the show, Timberland. Mm -hmm. He also mentions Pendleton, Filson, Converse or champion, Hmm. which is champion. Apparently is enjoying the same vetement collaboration, much like DHL. Really? Dude. This is amazing. The champion thing makes me very excited. Really? Is that champion? Like I the, have when you buy a, a target? champion. I have a champion jacket that is uh, that I bought at Target probably before we worked together, like pro- in the early two wow. thousands. And I I could now start wearing it again. I still have it. It's like a it's like a jogging jacket. Uh, yep. Your turns out. You might as well just like combine that with a DHL shirt and just like. The oh paparazzi gosh, yeah. will be following you around L.A. See, because and, and this makes sense because usually these kinds of trends come from necessity, right? So maybe it was people wanting anonymizing clothing for whatever reason, criminal or not. Uh, yeah. And then it bubbles up and people are like, oh, that looks cool. I, I want to do that, too. Or in the, in the 90s, all the all the flannel from people going to thrift shops and finding the old flannel that that workers were cast, you know, casting off. Uh, so. So, yeah, I, I guess that makes sense. That's kind of cool. By the way, we're going to have this entire email up uh, on our website. Be, uh, it's a thing dot me because it really is beautiful. It is a work of art. Thing this folds in on itself in the noughties. <laughs> right, son boy. I mean, like the level of thought and care that has gone into unpacking the singular thingness of Carhartt and how it relates to this overall design trend of like minimalism and not flaunting luxury items and fetishizing the rugged, hardworking blue collar man is really, it's, it's, it's beautiful. You guys are so much smarter than we are. Uh, speaking of which Holly Hawk, good old Holly Hawk, uh, about Tetris, uh, said greetings, thing spotters. Tetris has always been a thing for me. As far as I'm concerned, it never stopped being a thing, but I do understand what you mean about the rest of you poor souls that are catching on to the thingness again. Tetris has always been my favorite video game, says Hollyhock. I've never actually played it on my phone, to be honest, though. I can't imagine it playing it without a traditional type of controller, so I haven't started with phone versions. It's probably best that way, since I can get lost in that game for hours at a time. I mean, I'm not addicted. It's not like my Nintendo Switch is mostly a dedicated Tetris machine an expensive dedicated tetris machine i play other games don't get me wrong but each time i sit down to play something i always say let's start with a little tetris first and then move on to another game which basically ends with me running the battery down on the switch playing tetris oops 
And it's not like I have both pairs of the Puma sneakers that were recently released, seen here with my Tetris lamp from ThinkGeek. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Wait, I'm looking. Wow. And it's not like I'm currently brainstorming a Tetris tattoo or something. Oh, wait. I am Tetris forever. Dude, Hollyhock, this is why you're the greatest. That's awesome. Yes. The greatest. Thank you so, so much for that. They have Tetris shoes? Also, I want to go back to RIP Think Geek because, God, indeed. Where is the Think Geek of today? I mean, it's still there, right? It's just. Is it? Yeah. Is it just not cool? I mean, it's just you forgot because it's not new anymore. It became a heritage <laughs> brand. <laughs> oh, I feel really, really old. Oh, yeah. Look at that. It's still around. Yeah. Huh. I just, I mean, that it's of the 2000s, though. Even now, it just feels that way. Like, you know, I, me... I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Like, what's the. Thinking's great, and I'm not saying anything bad about Thinking when I say that. But what is the new shop that is emblematic of the current Gestalt? Maybe. Yeah, I wonder. Although I did just discover that there is a bunch of dark crystal stuff at thinkgeek.com, and I am stoked. <laughs> yeah, it's still it's still a good place. I am so happy to see Dark Crystal making a return. We didn't that really movie. get into it. Really? That's yeah. okay. It's not too late. It's yeah. not too late. No, Apparently I mean, we, they're we remaking watched the first like two episodes and then just kind of forgot to go back. Oh, wait, is it a show? Yeah. This is what Netflix, a child I am. Netflix, I didn't even know. Oh, yeah, I thought that's what you were referring to. Oh, like, I thought ne- it was like coming soon. I didn't no. even know it had come out. Netflix oh, my brought God. a whole season of Dark Crystal, like a prequel series to the movie back. Yeah. Oh, all right. I might have to try that. Wow. I really am not paying attention. Also, it would appear that GameStop bought ThinkGeek. That's what happened. There and that's go. what happened. Okay. And they went everyone corporate. Went, and whether it changed it or not, everyone's like, oh, it's not cool anymore. Because I really was just like, what is the problem? Why aren't we going here? Because there's all this cool stuff. Now I get it. They mm. got bought out in the dot-com crash and lost their soul. Mm. <laughs> wah, wah. Okay. We, we refuse to get into late stage capitalism because only bummer lies that way. Let's stick with the positive. All of you. All of you. You all, all are great. of you. Uh, but we I'm like not, to give a special shout out sometimes. We do, because if you support the show at patreon.com slash it's a thing, you will see multiple layers of support. One of which is the shout out level where we say your name and producer Rich makes <laughs> a crazy theme out of it. And I'm too embarrassed to read at least two of these. Uh, I, I can read them all. Uh, because I haven't looked, so I'll, we'll uh, we'll just switch back and forth. But I'm starting with the first one, Jake Woods. A- okay, so today's uh, shoutouts are anagram themed. Oh. Jake Woods, aka a joked sow. Louis Saint Amour, aka usual or moist. Okay, Mike Akins, aka I kink maze, and Gabriel Cohen, aka Chlorine Beagle. This is literally the part of the show where Rich gets us to do stupid stuff. <laughs> Good work, Rich. You support and, and we execute. And we execute. I'm We're just Tom Merritt. Exactly. <laughs> uh, we'll read it. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening to its things. Sometimes I'm sure you're wondering what you're doing. Uh, you can, of course, become a member of It's a Thing, like all of those lovely anagram people that you just heard about. You'll get cool s- stuff like our Discord an ad-free RSS feed, uh, and potentially a shout-out, patreon.com slash it's a thing. 
And like we said, don't forget to email us your, your thoughts and your things. Feedback at it's a thing dot me. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.